Well, we've got to uh, uh, week number three of our good old Abe series. And we've been going through the book uh, of Genesis and the story of uh, a good old man called Abraham. Uh, not Abraham Lincoln. Uh, how many of you guys have seen that, uh, those commercials? I think they're Geico commercials. And they're like, with good old Abe, honest. And, uh, and his wife says, does this make my look, look big and stuff? And he's like, yep. He sure does. I'm like, boy, the guy didn't know anything about marriage at all. Never, never say that. But anyway, we're not talking about Abraham Lincoln. We're talking about the patriarch of uh, our faith, and that's uh, good old father Abraham. In week one, we discussed about Abraham's faith and what Abraham's faith uh, uh, took him to. It took him out of the place where, where he had grown up all his life. He'd become a very wealthy man. And Abraham was told by God, leave this country, leave this place, leave your family, leave your friends, and go to the place that I'm going to tell you. And so Abraham, being the young stud that he was, he was like, rock on, I'm going to go and and do it for the Lord. And so he goes off and and he he obeys the Lord, and we see an incredible, incredible uh, moment of faith where he leaves all that he's ever known, and he just chases after God. And God just takes him to places and God starts to bless him in incredible ways. And we discovered in week one that God is pleased with faith. God is pleased with faith. If you have faith, God is pleased with you this morning. But then last week we discovered that suddenly Abraham's faith turned to fear. And in that moment of fear, suddenly his life started to spiral out of control. He started to treat his wife in a really bad way. And one of the, one of the, the, the ladies at the church, her husband wasn't here today. She isn't here today. But she, uh, she, uh, her husband told me, she goes, man, Alex got really mad last week. And uh, I was like, I did? She goes, yeah. He started like, yelling at Abraham because he was such a, you know, a, a, you know, a bad man, and, and things. So if I did, I apologize. I didn't mean to. Uh, anyway, so, uh, but he, he, uh, he, he started making these bad choices, and it went out of control, all because he stepped out of the place of faith into the place of fear. Well, this morning, we're going to look at uh, something that came across Abraham's way. And this is something that you and, uh, and myself, we deal with all the time. And if you haven't de- ever dealt with this, then I want to be around you because I want to know how you do it. And this is the issue of conflict. Abraham had a conflict that came his way. But before we go into this, I want to tell you a little story. There's once an Englishman who lived next to a Scotsman. And if you know anything about Englishmen and Scotsmen, they don't really get on. I mean, we Englishmen don't particularly like Scotsmen. Uh, I mean, we don't like Frenchmen even more, but Scotsmen. And uh, it's kind of... If you look in the Bible, it's allowed. You know, Englishmen don't like Scotsmen. No, I'm only kidding. But anyway, Englishmen lived next to a Scotsman, and uh, he, uh, they, they just didn't like each other. And they argued and argued and argued all the time. One built a fence, and the other knocked the fence down. The other one, he left trash out in his yard, and the other one complained and complained. Uh, one la- played loud music all night, and the other one just didn't like it at all, called the police and everything. Well, one day, this Englishman, he decided to get himself a hen. He wanted to, to, to have chickens, and he wanted to have his own eggs, you know, so he could eat in the morning. So uh, he had this hen, and he didn't believe in caging it up, so he had a free-range hen. And the hen kind of went round, laid some eggs, the Englishman would pick them up. And then the, one day, he woke up, and he saw that the hen had gone over to the Scotsman's yard. And suddenly, he saw, in the midst of it, this hen laying this egg. 
And, this, and the Englishman was like, oh no, what do I do? I need to get my, my hen back. Otherwise, the Scotsman's going to do something to him. Well, next thing, next thing the Englishman knows is the Scotsman has come outside and, uh, uh, and he has taken the egg. And the Englishman comes out. He goes, that's my egg. Don't touch it. He, says, he said, no, it's not. He said, it's my egg. It was laid on my land. He says, no, my hen laid the egg. He said, it doesn't matter, the Scotsman said. He said, it's on my land. So the Englishman said, okay, this is how we're going to resolve it. He says, I'm going to get a baseball bat and I'm going to hit you in the head. And then, and then you're going to do the same to me. And whoever is standing at the end gets the, he- gets the egg. So the next thing we know is that the, the Scotsman says, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Like Scotsmen do, obviously. And, uh, and so the, the, the Englishman then gets his baseball bat. He smashes him across the head. And next thing you know, the, the Scotsman's lying in pain. For about 30 seconds, he's just lay, lay, giving out this loud, ah, like this. And so then suddenly he gets to his feet and he's staggering. He holds the baseball bat and he says to the Englishman, he says, he says, okay, my turn. And the Englishman says, forget this, take the egg. And uh, it was funny when I read it, I think. (laughs) But anyway, conflict. Conflict happens all the time. Not just between Englishmen and Scotsmen, but conflict happens all the time. And some of you, you may be going through conflict in your life at the moment. You may be going through conflict in your family. You may be going through your conflict at work. You may be going through conflict with your neighbor. It may be somebody who just, an enemy who just does not like you and wants to destroy you and take you out and do all he can to, to, to do. You may be going through conflict. And you know, we live in a world where conflict is on the rise. Not only in the news and in politics do we see conflict, but every day in the paper, you just see this person is arguing against this one. This one is suing this one. And there's so much conflict going on. I remember in the, in the, uh, in the 90s, uh, you had shows like Jerry Springer and stuff that came up and, and were really popular and they're all about conflict. And now you've got shows like, like Dr. Phil and things like that, that all talk about conflict. Even if, if you're a creative writer or if you're, if, you're, uh, uh, if you're into movies and things like that, you know that a movie or, or a book is not good unless there is some sort of conflict going in. You know, TV believes that conflict is a moneymaker. People magazine would not be able to sell unless there was conflict. You know, for lawyers, conflict is their bread and butter. But for the average human being, conflict can be a destroyer. Conflict can be a destroyer. You know, a situation arises, it escalates to a point where, where something needs to be said. And there's one or two results that happened. Either things are cleared up or things get worse. The conflict's cleared up or it gets worse. You know, my, uh, uh, one of the ladies comes to the church, and she, she's not here this morning either, Sandy. She got married to her, uh, her husband, Dick. Uh, they, what, she had a cat, he had a dog. And uh, Dick was telling me, he was saying that, that when they got married, this cat and dog did not get on at all. So they went to the, to the vet, and the vet says, just lock them in the bathroom together for about 30 minutes and uh, they'll come out and they'll be best friends after that. So he's like, okay, if the vet says this. So next thing you know is they put them in and they hear this screeching and this barking and they don't, I mean, the, they feel like the bathroom's being destroyed. But lo and behold, after about 30 minutes, they open the door and the cat is up here, the dog's down here, and they never had a problem after that again. I'm like, if only we could do that in ourselves, right? I remember when we were in, the, in at school, 
the boys, if they had an argument, they would just get in a fight, get over and done with best friends the next day. The girls, wow, I mean, you'd be fighting for the next, I don't know, seven years or something like that. And, uh, but, but really, in all honesty, conflict isn't won or isn't resolved by just fighting. There's ways of dealing with conflict. And we see that Abraham had a conflict. And this conflict could have escalated out of control. But a change had happened in Abraham's life. Last week we talked about how Abraham had let fear set in his heart. And this fear caused him to start making unwise decisions, wrong decisions. And suddenly his life had spiraled out of control. And if the same Abraham had dealt with this conflict, this Abraham probably would have destroyed his life and the people around it. He would have not dealt with it in a good way. But yet something happened in Abraham's life between the moment of stepping out in faith to go into fear to what happened uh, in front of this conflict. And if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to Genesis chapter 13 and verse 1. Genesis chapter 13 and verse 1. It says, So Abraham left Egypt and traveled north to the Negev, along with his wife and Lot and all they owned. Abraham was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. From the Negev, he continued traveling by stages towards Bethel. They pitched their tents between Bethel and Ai, where they had camped before. This was the same place where Abraham had built the altar. And there he worshipped the Lord again. A change has happened in Abraham's heart. He's gone from fear of looking all around, thinking, what can I do with my life? How can I best serve me to now looking back to God? The Bible says that he worshipped God again. And before we go any further, this is very important. Because Abraham was now back in sync with God. And when you are in sync with God, you sometimes make much better decisions than when you are not in sync with God. And we're going to see how this resulted. So a problem arose, and we see in uh, Genesis uh, chapter 5 through to uh, 7, we see a problem arose between Abraham and his nephew Lot. Lot was somebody who had traveled with Abraham. He probably, he had become a very wealthy man as well as Abraham. And suddenly they realized that the place that they were, that they were was not big enough for the both of them. That they both had lots of livestock. They both had lots of employees, herdsmen. They both had uh, family members. They both had this big caravan of people traveling with them. And the place they were was not big enough to supply them with the necessary food that they needed. And so what happened is suddenly disputes started coming out between the, the herdsmen of Lot and the herdsmen of Abraham. And then it spilled over into the family. And then Abraham and Lot, they were having these disagreements. And suddenly this, this situation had spiraled out of control where they were at each other's uh, throats. One was saying this about this one and this was saying this about another. And suddenly a little situation had, 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 had gone out of control. And I often find that sometimes the most blessed people are the ones who find the most conflict. And the reason is, is because sometimes our blessings can result in us become very selfish. And that selfishness results in conflict with other people. And sometimes God blesses you, 
But unless you are in sync with God, you do not know how to handle those blessings. And Lot, and we'll see from, from uh, years later, Lot is someone who really is not in sync with God. And because he's not in sync with God, he does not know how to handle his blessings. And I just say, maybe the reason that God is not blessing you at the moment is because maybe you're not in sync with God. And if God blessed you, you may not be able to handle those blessings that God brings your way. Blessings are good and they're bad. They can bring us the greatest joy, but they can bring the greatest misery because if we do not know how to handle them, then they can bring disaster upon our lives. And so... Abraham had been blessed. Lot had been blessed. They were wealthy, but yet this fighting had caused problems. And have you ever noticed that fighting between families is often way worse than fighting between anybody else? When families fight, boy, it's a fight. And they always say that blood is thicker than water. But what I've always seen, that families that fight, their blood gets so thick that they get a blood clot. And when a blood clot happens... You die. And so often with families, the blood gets so thick that the conflict arises and it destroys that family. And so Abraham was in this situation with with, uh, his nephew Lot. But what we're going to see, we're going to see because Abraham had come back to God and was now back in sync with God, was worshipping God, his priorities in life had changed. And his actions to this situation just shows us how wise we can be when we have God on our side. When God is front and center. So let's take a quick look. First thing we see is that Abraham saw the big picture. Abraham saw the big picture. In Genesis chapter 13 and verse 8, Abraham says this. Finally, Abraham said to Lot, Let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives. The whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice, any section of the land you want, and we will separate. If you want the left, then I'll take the right. And if you want the right, I'll take the left. Abraham saw the big picture. That's what Abraham said. He says, Lot, this conflict between us, it's going to destroy us. We're close relatives. We need to be in sync with each other. We need to be uh, in good relationship with each other. Families need to be in good relationship with with each other. And this conflict could cause a rift between us that will never be resolved. Never be resolved. And so Abraham, he was like, forget it. Let's just deal with this conflict. Let's get on as quick as we can. Because the big picture is that we are family. And we need to resolve this issue. This could not only affect us now, but this could affect us in the future. Abraham saw a different perspective. I believe that Abraham was probably annoyed with Lot and Lot's herdsmen. He probably wanted Lot to take more responsibility. He probably, Abraham probably wanted his fair share. After all, Abraham had trained Lot. Lot probably wasn't, wouldn't have become wealthy unless he had been with Abraham. But yet, Abraham looked past all that. And he looked to the road ahead. He saw the big picture. And when we see things in the big picture, when we see things in the whole spectrum of our life, sometimes we need to ask ourselves, what good is this conflict doing to our lives? How is this going to affect our whole life? Is this good for us in the whole picture of our lives? 
And sometimes we need just a little perspective. And when we look at the big picture of our lives, we need to ask ourselves this question like Abraham. What is more important? Is it winning this little conflict? Or is it the big picture? And for Abraham, it was not worth fighting at the expense of losing his family. So often, the people who we are closest to, they rub us the wrong way. But when conflict arises, we have to ask ourselves, is this relationship or is this friendship worth losing? Let me give you some perspective. In Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 6 to 8, it says this. A voice said, shout. I asked, what should I shout? Shout that people are like grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in a field. The grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with people. The grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word of the Lord stands forever. And then in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 1, verses 3 to 11, says this. What do people get from all their hard work under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises and the sun sets, then hurries around and rises again. The wind blows south and then turns north. Around and around it goes, blowing in circles. Rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea. Everyone is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, here is something new, but actually it is something old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past and in future generations. No one will remember what we are doing now. Both those scriptures tell me that time is so short. The grass withers. The the flower fades away. And your lives will eventually wither and fade away. In Ecclesiastes, it says, generations after generations, who will remember? Who will remember what you do? That conflict that that you may be having right now, who's going to remember that? What good is that going to do in the whole spectrum of this universe, in the whole history of this life? What good does that conflict do? And I tell you this morning, I'm preaching to myself as as much to you. This is something I struggle with a lot. I'm somebody who I want peace all the time, want to make peace all the time. But there have been conflicts in my life that sometimes I'm like, I can't get away from them. They're so hard, I can't make peace. But yet, in the whole spectrum of our lives, what is it worth? Is it really worth losing that relationship? Is it really worth losing all that you could lose? Life is here today and gone tomorrow. So Abraham saw the big picture. He didn't get caught up in the nitty-gritty of of today. But he, he didn't just see the big picture, he saw something else. Abraham discovered that humility defeats victory. I say that again, humility defeats victory. In Genesis chapter 13, and then verse 8 to 13, 13, it says, Finally Abraham said to Lot, "Let, Let not allow this conflict come between us or our herdsmen. 
After all, we are close relatives. The whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of the section of the land that you want. We will separate. If you want to go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you want to go to the right, I'll go to the left. And it says, Lot took a a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zor. The whole area was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord or the most beautiful land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle. So Abram settled in the land of Canaan and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. But the, Lord, uh, but the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against God. So now Abraham has said to Lot, if you want to go to the left, I'm going to go to the right. If you want to go to the right, I'm going to go to the left. He really humbled himself. Abraham could have pulled rank and he could have said, look Lot, I'm your elder. I'm in charge here. This is what we're going to do. But Abraham realized that even if he had acted like that, it still may have not resolved the conflict. He realized that in everything, humility is more important than victory. Humility is more important than victory. And the thing about the Christian life, the Christian life is a life of humility. It's a life where we bow down and we don't take ourselves and rise ourselves up. It's a life where we come down. And Abraham came down off his little pedestal and he says, okay, Lot, you win. Take what you want. And then you know what Lot did? Lot didn't just say, okay, you know, let's come to an agreement. Lot says, I want the best land. I want that land. That land's got all the grass. It's got, it's got all, that, all the rivers. It's, it's the best land for me. I'm going to take this land. And if I was Abraham, I would have been a little annoyed. Because I would have thought, I've stepped down. I haven't pulled rank. I've, I've humbled myself. But yet now you're taking advantage. But Abraham didn't say that. Abraham said, no. Fine, you take that land. I'll go this way. I'll take this land. Because humility defeats victory. Humility defeats victory. And so often we can have an attitude of fighting, not loving. And as Christians, we are called to love one another, not to fight against one another. And no matter if somebody knows the Lord or they don't know the Lord, it's still, we are being called as people of love, and we are to love and not fight. And sometimes that fighting can get in the way. So Abraham did something that is in so short of supply today. He showed humility. You know, many Christians believe what I call the Matthew 18 principle. And what the Matthew 18 principle is, in the Bible it says, if somebody has sinned against you, then go talk to them. Go confront them. Go talk to them about, about, about that sin. And then if they don't listen to you, then call the elders around and call some other people who can be a witness. And if they're there and they don't listen to the witnesses, then bring before them the church and, you know, get, let the church judge them. And so often when I hear of conflicts, I hear of people saying, well, we must confront, we must talk about this, we must say how this person is hurting me or offending me. But the Bible says, it says if someone has sinned against you. And when I look at this situation, I see that Lot didn't sin against Abraham. It was just a family coming together with differences and they were feuding. And so often our conflicts, they are not people sinning against us. 
They are just differences because we're human beings. We're people who have a different perspective. It doesn't mean that we go up to that person and we confront them and we say, this is what everything I, I don't like about you. This is what, what just annoys me about you. Because so often you can do more harm than good. If somebody is sinning, then yes, that is when you go up to them and you confront them of that sin. But so often, disputes aren't sin. They're just us fleshy human beings having a disagreement. And there's ways of dealing with it. And Abraham decided humility was the best way. Humility was the best way of dealing with it. And so often, we want to confront But confronting is the very last thing that sometimes we should do. There was a mirror before you, and you're in a conflict. And you look in that mirror, and you can really say, am I to blame or not to blame? I'm sure you can find some blame. Abraham, I knew, looked at himself and realized that he was half to blame for the problem. So he just humbled himself, and he let Lot do what Lot needed to do. Humility was the victor here. And out of pure humility, a potential train wreck was resolved. In Philippians chapter, chapter 2 and verse 3, it says this. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Thinking of others as better as yourselves. And that's our perspective. That's what we should be thinking. We should be thinking of others as better than us. And so when conflict arises, don't look down on people and say, well, they did this, they did that. Let's look at ourselves and say, no, those people are better than us. You know the sins that are in your life. You know the issues that you have. Every one of us, we all have them. We know we're not perfect. So let's not look at other people as sinful and, and bad and the worst, let's look at them through the eyes that we see ourselves and realize just as we're imperfect, they're imperfect. Let humility reign. Abraham just didn't discover that. He didn't, didn't just see the big picture. He didn't dis- just discover that humility defeats victory. Finally, we see that Abraham discovered that humility brings a blessing and it brings a pure heart. Humility brings a blessing and a pure heart. In Genesis chapter 13 and verse uh, 14 to 18, it says, After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abraham, Look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. I am giving all this land to you as far as you can see, to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I am giving to you. So Abraham moved his camp to Hebron and settled near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. There he built another altar to the Lord. There he built another altar to the Lord. This man Abraham, out of his humility, God decided to bless him. And in the place that he was that looked so uh, barren and so desolate and, and there was not there, there, it was the worst land he could have thought of God started to bless him and if you just show humility in those times of conflict God will bless you 
He will bless you. And at times it may be hard. It may be hard just to stoop down and say to somebody, I'm sorry. Or, or stoop down and say, okay, you win. You have what you need to have. I'll just take the rest. But God will bless you for that. For Abraham, God blessed him with a land that was going to be overflowing. We hear years later that this land was referred to as a land that was flowing with milk and honey. It was so prosperous because God had blessed Abraham. But not only that, but God then said, I'm going to not, bless, not just bless you, but I'm going to bless your children and your children's children and your descendants throughout the history of this world because you have shown humility. Humility is a huge thing. And if you show it, God will bless you. Not only that, but we also see that out of this humility... God ble- or Abraham was blessed because bitterness was not allowed to set root in his heart. We see that on the next chapter, in chapter 14, suddenly there's war that breaks out in the land that Lot lives. And Lot and all his people and all, all his possessions are captured by, by four kings that are coming against them. And Lot's taken into captivity. And Abraham hears about this. And Abraham could have chuckled. He could have laughed. He could have said, hey, Lot's just getting what he deserved. You know, if you want to just take it all, God's not going to bless you. But no, Abraham didn't do that. Oh, Abraham, when he heard about this, he was distraught and he said, my nephew Lot. And so what he did, he got all his men together and they went and they went to war against these kings and they defeated them. And then they brought Lot back and they got all his possessions back. And they said a lot. And then a few years later, we see once again that God is going to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Lot is living there at this time. And Abraham hears about this. And Abraham is so distraught because he cries out for his nephew Lot. And God spared Lot because of Abraham's cry unto God. Why? Because he didn't let victory in a conflict become the ultimate goal. He let humility rest in his heart. And humility won the day. In Colossians 3, finally today, Colossians 3, and verse 12 to 17, it says, Since God chose you to be the holy people, he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercies, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive one another who offends you, everyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from God rule your hearts. For as members of one body, we are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its riches, fill your lives, teach and counsel each other with the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks through him to God the Father. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Colossian believers. And he said, in everything that you do, show mercy. Show humility. 
show thankfulness. And basically, prefer one another. As Philippians says, in honor, preferring one another. And some of you, you may be going through a conflict today. Maybe you've been going through a conflict for many years. Maybe it's with your spouse. Maybe it's with a friend. Maybe it's with a work colleague. Whether it's with a neighbor. Whether it, maybe it's with a brother or a sister or a parent or a child. Maybe it's with a, a rival. If so, I ask you to do one thing today. Look at the big picture. In the whole span of your life, is this conflict worth it? You know, sometimes it's better just to split up. And take time apart like Abraham and Lot did. One go one way, one go the other. But don't try to increase the fight in the conflict. Don't have a win at all costs attitude. Have an attitude of humility. And I promise you, humility will win through. And when humility wins through, God will bless you. Honor others. Look at yourself before pointing the finger at other people. You do this and you lower down in humility. Do you know what will happen? God will raise you up. It's what he did with Abraham. Abraham lowered himself and God raised him up. So don't let conflict stop you from having the blessings that God has for your life. Let's pray.